Welcome to the podcast where relationships, confidence, and determination all converge into an amazing heartfelt experience. This is Speaking from the Heart. Welcome back to episode number 42 of Speaking from the Heart. Today, we will have Amy Wilt, who is the owner of Dolphin County Doulas, which a doula we learn a lot about in this episode, if you never heard the term before, but we have covered this in another previous episode. But the doula agency that she runs along with her team is in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. She is a nurse, which is a unique take on what a doula can do. And we go into that quite a bit with this episode. She's also a certified birth and postpartum doula, a certified childbirth educator, a peanut ball trainer, and dancing for birth instructor, along with being Body Ready Method Certified Pro. She's also a postpartum corrective exercise specialist, and as a trained nurse and a trauma-informed international certified baby birth donor, Amy is committed to empowering birthing people to have the birth that they want. She has three children, Dylan, Zachary, and Alec, and two cats named Ragnar and Born, and Dusty the dog. She also is the executive director of Better Birth and Beyond Doula Network Incorporated. I never really understood or respected the fact of what a doula really did until we explored it in this episode, but it reminded me so much of the things that we often take for granted when it comes to not only what happens after the birthing process, but more importantly, what happens after any sort of significant life event in which we do need that emotional support, whether that is through a friend, family member, or some other significant person in our lives that can help us guide into that process. And I think that Amy and her team definitely do quite a lot of that. But with that, let's go to the episode. All right, we're here with Amy Wilt. Amy, thanks for sharing your heart with us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate it. I've had a lot of businesses just because of trying to get the name out there for the podcast. And I really appreciate you responding to it and being part of this. It's been fantastic to get to know a lot of people. And I was really looking forward to our conversation. And really, I want to start off because the audience heard a lot about what your background is. What got you involved with being a doula? That's my real big curiosity question. And full disclosure, I've had to research a little bit about that before I even hit the record button and figure out what's going on in that field. But for those that aren't familiar with it, maybe you want to give a definition of it and also explain a little bit about how you got started. Sure. So one leads right into the other. During nursing school, I fell in love with labor and delivery and as a nurse, I realized that what I thought I was getting into nursing for, patient advocacy, just having that connection, it's not what nursing is about. And knowing that I loved labor and delivery, I thought, how can I do this without being under the guise of a hospital and trying to figure out what that looks like and be a patient advocate? I found out that there's this thing called a doula, which provides emotional and physical support to birthing people. That's how I ended up making my journey to being a doula. And I absolutely love it. 
Was there a particular experience or maybe somebody that has gone through childbirthing that maybe got you interested in the first place? Do you mind sharing anything about that? I was the only person in my class to see both a vaginal and cesarean birth, which was really cool. Myself, I had really great birth experiences for the most part. Didn't have a doula. My kiddos are 20, 16, and 12. I don't have any connection or link to anything as far as that's concerned. I was curious because sometimes many of my guests have had like experience that kind of led them into a field. And I know personally for myself, I've had a lot of different things happen in my life with people that I've experienced that have helped me to get to where I'm at. So I'm just curious because, and this is actually leading into a question I had also when I was just reading through everything that you do. Is it typical for doula to also be a trained nurse? I mean, what's usually the industry standard when it comes to that? So not very often. I am kind of a unicorn. There aren't many of us who are nurses who are doulas. There is a wide range because there is no regulations in doulas in any state. So there's about 160, possibly more certifying bodies out there for doulas. They are not all created equal. As an agency owner, we do look at those kinds of credentials, continuing education, those sorts of things. I definitely am a little bit more on the medical-minded side as far as making sure you have training, you're keeping up to date with training and that sort of thing. So this is an ever-evolving and changing evidence-based healthcare situation is really it. Yeah. And I think that probably provides a very unique experience for your clients then, especially, and even your team, because I know you have other people that help you out with this process too. So Mm -hmm. I think with that said, what actually got you involved with nursing then kind of taking a big step back? Because I find it interesting, especially when I was going through college, full disclosure, because even the audience doesn't know this. I actually wanted to be a lawyer when I was going to school. I did not do that. <laughs> I was completely not prepared, especially the Great Recession of 2008. That completely changed my plans while I was still getting my bachelor's. I was saying, nope, I'm not going to do that. So I pivoted myself. But I find it interesting that you had gone to school, you got trained as a nurse, you got all the credentials, and you said one day, I want to be a doula. So Walk us through what you and why you initially went to school for nursing and tell us a little bit about that, because you've already shared a lot about like how that you got to this process of being a doula. But I think even that background helps us. So interestingly, didn't start out in nursing. If you would ask anybody who I went to high school with, blood and all the things was not my thing at all. I was ewed with everything. I went to school for education, actually, elementary education. Oh, wow. That's quite a change. Instead of educating little kids, you're educating the adults. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So realized that it wasn't for me. I graduated with business and then went back again for elementary. Could not get a better grade than a C on English 101. And for education, you had to get a B or a better. Mind you, I was pregnant with my first child when I went through going back to school. 
and said, you know what, clearly education is not in my path. And I kind of gave it up. I explored my path a little bit more and I thought ultrasound technology, that's really interesting. That's what I want to jump into. Reached out to the school, tried to figure out how I could get involved. And the GPA had to be at least a 3.7 to even attempt to get in. And at that point, I went, uh-huh, not me. Wow. So then they looked at me and said, you ever thought about nursing? Nope, not at all. But I guess <laughs> I am now. <laughs> and so here we are. <laughs> yeah. Was there a big influence for somebody to kind of help you get to that direction too? Because you said that, oh, here, this is an opportunity for you. But were there people or like champions in your life that kind of also helped you with understanding that maybe you might be good as a nurse too? That's a really interesting question. I feel like I've been on my own a lot and just have had things presented to me and I couldn't get into the ultrasound program, but hey, do you want to do nursing instead? I had no idea what I was doing. I'll be perfectly honest. I had no clue. When I went through the first part of my clinicals, my clinical director pulled me aside and with nicer words, she basically told me I was terrible wow. and that I'm out of my element. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick through this and I paid the money and I'm doing all the things and I'm at least going to graduate. This is what I'm going to do. About a month or two later, she pulled me to the side, the same instructor and said, you're doing really well. I had my doubts about you. I didn't know if you would make it. And you're actually doing really, really well. And I'm really proud of you. Was there a feeling that you had when you were able to say, yeah, I proved you wrong. I know that sometimes it could be really tough to do something like this. And I know that sometimes we have that motivation in to prove somebody wrong, but it doesn't sound like it was more about that. It sounded like there was something else involved, like maybe another feeling. What did you exactly feel because of doing that? It was more of an accomplishment. I knew I could do it. Most of the people in my class at that time were CNAs or they had worked in the medical field. They knew something medical and I didn't. I literally was clueless as to what I was getting into. And that made it really hard and very unusual. My background really was business. I did a lot of retail. And interestingly, I shared with my oldest, I was going through school well, when I was in nursing school, I was also pregnant. <laughs> wow. And they basically told me that I could not work a full-time job. I worked full-time retail that I already had at that point, probably he was two and a half or three, and then pregnant with my second and going to nursing school. And basically it was like, you can't do it. You can't do it all. I figured out a way. And looking back, I'll be honest, I have no idea how I did it. I have to be honest and tell you that my mom, actually, when I was growing up, she worked through a whole bunch of different odd and end jobs, especially after I turned into the teens, she went back into the workforce. But she attended a local community college. She got her LPN certification from a local community college. 
Amy, she was in her late 40s, early 50s. And it was really empowering to see my mom do that, especially my half sister also, who they both went to school together at the same school and went through and studied together to get through this. So it was incredible for my mom to be able to do things like that and challenge the impossible. So there are success stories out there. And I'm really happy to hear that you felt that it was a sense of accomplishment because I think a lot of people think it's a lot of work. And they often sometimes don't want to do it because of the lot of the pressure that's involved. Good job. I love that, hearing that. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about Dolphin County doulas, which we've already opened the episode talking a little bit about that. But I want to pivot back because I was reading your mission statement. And the part of it that really stood out to me is this sentence that I want to read out is that it says, we believe information is the key to have an empowered birth. It made me start to think about what are some of the things that you typically do when you're meeting with a client for the first time? What are some of the things that you try to do to make someone feel comfortable? Because obviously the birthing process for some women, I have even talked to a guest about some of the things that are consequences as part of that in a, another episode. I'm just curious, what do you usually find out about somebody before you actually take them on or need to know so that you can provide the right assistance? Can you walk us through that process that you do? Yeah, I think to get to your question is figuring out or finding out what they need or would like doula to be for, what their needs are for a doula. Some moms come to me and they're second time moms and they tell me, oh, we did it on our own the first time. It was a really not great experience. And so we realized we really want to do it the next time to have a better experience. And so those are the people that I realize have to heal from that first experience before they can actually have this next experience to be more of a positive experience. We have first time moms come to us and say, I heard all the statistics about doulas, and I know I want one to have a, a better birth than what it could be without one. I've had partners who reach out, which is awesome. I love to see that, to say I think my partner would have a benefit so much with having a doula. So it's kind of trying to figure out why they were looking for a doula in the first place. And then going from there as to why this makes sense and what their needs really are. I do hear, I want an advocate a lot. We do not advocate. We help the person to empower themselves to advocate for themselves. And if they cannot do so because they're laboring too hard and words aren't coming out of their mouths, we know from all the conversations and meetings that we've had we know what they want, what they need, and we can verbalize that and then confirm that with the person to say, is that correct? And that way they still are advocating for themselves in the end. I love that because I have a similar mission in my business of Your Speaking Voice, which I started, is to empower people to become the best version of themselves. And that is through not only the things that we have in our voice, but the nonverbal, the things that sometimes it lies dormant inside of ourselves. And I resonate with what you just said, because we're doing things similar. It's just a different way of practicing it because of the situations people go through. Without mentioning names, 
Can you talk about maybe an experience you had with somebody or maybe one of the people that you work with, which I've read through many of your team members. It sounds like an incredible team that surrounds all these awesome people, whether they're partners or women. Can you share with us maybe a great success story or maybe something that had really challenged you, but as somebody coming in as a client, but had changed you forever because of that experience? I know that's a pretty broad question, and that's why, because I figured that there has to be a multitude of different situations and things. But without mentioning names, could you describe a situation that happened that way? And what did that do for you personally? I had a situation one time where a person came to me. It was a second time mom, and she had a cesarean the first time. And she wanted a vaginal birth after cesarean or VBAC. We had worked with her, had all the prenatal visits. I knew what she wanted, what her plan was. We went into the hospital when she was in labor and she did a great job with the labor. It ended up being a cesarean. And I thought I had failed her. I thought this was just the worst possible thing that could ever happen. I was not a good doula because I didn't give her the birth that she wanted. And during our postpartum visit, she actually looked at me and said, this is exactly what I needed. You did everything that you could possibly do. If I didn't have you, I would have never had that experience. I knew that my body could labor. I knew I was able to go through it. You were able to stand by me and keep pushing me. And even though it ended up in a C-section, I am so thankful for this experience. And that really just made me kind of look back and go, okay, I didn't fail at my job. She was still really, really happy with all the things that she experienced She knew that I worked my butt off to try to figure out how we could get her to have the birth that she wanted. And I was in her corner cheering her on the entire way. And she recognized that. I find that so encouraging because, I mean, yeah, I don't know if anybody ever noticed on the episodes that I've recorded so far, but I'm a male. So I don't know what that feels like to give birth. And I I know there's Plenty of things out there that I could go and test it out myself. And I'm sure that maybe even Amy, you could tell me where I could go and get that sort of stimulated experience. I would love that. But being a single male, not really thinking about that right now. So before you even say anything, thanks for the offer. I'm not interested right now. (laughs) But with even with that said, all joking aside, I think that it's really great to hear that even though it didn't go out the way you thought it would, even that person, it still was a rewarding experience. Do you find that most chances when you're working with clients, maybe they don't always get the results? Do you have any advice for people that, especially if it doesn't go the way it does, especially with birthing, that you could recommend that would help them to feel a little bit more at ease knowing that it is a natural process? Sometimes it doesn't go the way it should. But at the same time, I've had friends that have told me about their experiences, and that's because of just the things that they remember from that, and they wish that they would have done things differently. Is there something that you could recommend, and this is really the question I'm asking, 
can you provide us maybe some tips to think about if we are considering going through that process and having then a doula to kind of walk through that? Because I think that would be helpful for so many people, especially if they are struggling, because I know there's a lot of people struggling with even giving birth. Mm -hmm. When we talk about a birth plan, really their birth preferences, they're the ideals, the thing that I would really like to happen. I will tell you the people that come to me and have a very solid birth plan and is like, this is what I want to happen. We are not deviating. They're the ones that usually don't get their birth plan. The people who are like, this is my birth plan. These are my preferences. This would be really ideal. But I totally understand if sometimes birth goes sideways and I need to do other things. I'm okay with that. They're the people who typically get pretty darn close to that birth plan. So not being so stuck on all of the things as having to happen. It's more of, I understand this is flexible. This is fluid and understanding all of these things. 99% of the time you have choices. I come back to that evidence-based information. We help people know what information, know what options that they have. Usually doctors only present one thing and say, here, this is what we should do, or this is what I'm thinking. And that's not necessarily the case. There might be two or three or four options that we can talk about, including what if we just do nothing for the next hour? And maybe we can revisit it in another hour and see what happens. And usually in that hour, birth changes so much. And that hour, we might not be able to do whatever was suggested an hour ago because now circumstances are different, usually for the better. I encourage people just to be open-minded and have their ideals, but then understand things might go sideways. And I think that it helps our clients understand when we do a vaginal birth plan, we also do a cesarean birth plan. That's because it's great to prepare for the unexpected. And we talk about what the unexpected could be. That way they have at least a little sense of understanding of what this could look like. And I will tell you, our clients are so happy that we go through that with them. People who do unexpectedly end up in their cesareans. They come back to that going, I'm so glad that we were at least semi-prepared for this completely unexpected, unpreparable thing. Um, and they felt a little bit more like they were in control going into that really uncontrollable situation. Sometimes it is about having the plan, but the plan might not always work out. So having that ability to be flexible is really important. And I even say to my clients too, yeah, we're setting this up now, but it doesn't mean that we're always stuck to this. We have to review where you're at and maybe we have to make adjustments. It's always a continuous process of growth and development when it comes to that. And I appreciate that you do that too. I'm sure that makes a lot of people feel at ease, especially if they had a bad experience with a doula. Maybe they had that happen before. But to hear you say that this is what we do is really encouraging to understand and fully field out. I want to pivot to this 
aspect. I noticed that you're the executive director of the Better Birth and Beyond Doula Network Incorporated. Is that any relation to Dolphin County doulas? I'm imagining not. And can you tell us a little bit about the organization? Because this is the first time I've heard of it, and I'm sure my listeners have not heard of this before too. So do you mind describing a little bit about that? Sure. I did things backwards when I set up my business. I actually set up Better Birth and Beyond before Dauphin County Doulas. My passion was really, when I got into this work, I wanted to develop a nonprofit, really serving people who couldn't afford doulas, serving people specifically domestic violence survivors, immigrants, what I realized is when you develop a nonprofit, you kind of need money to throw into the nonprofit to actually have it work. <laughs> Thus, Dauphin County Doulas was born to help get the nonprofit off the ground. I will be honest, we do take pro bono clients, and I still kind of feed from the aspect of Better Birth and Beyond. I don't really advertise that we have that availability because all of our doulas would be doing it pro bono at this point. We're so busy with Dauphin County doulas that I have not put a lot of focus or time into better birth because we've been so busy. But that was my ultimate goal when I started Better Birth and Beyond to get there. I'm actually working with another nonprofit who will hopefully kind of make those dreams come true. That's in the works right now. Is there yeah. a way that people can help out? Yes, definitely. Financial is probably the biggest thing. The time and effort that a doula puts into a client is huge. And to give that over and over again without being compensated is really hard. It's really hard on the doula, the doula's family, just in general, really difficult. If we broke down a doula's wage, it would probably be about $5 an hour when it comes down to it. Just everything that we do, which people don't realize. When I created Better Birth and Beyond, it was to help the people who need supported, but also to pay the doulas a fair wage for their time and energy and really emotion, because there's a lot of emotion that goes into this work too. Every once in a while, we have somebody who donates. Maybe they'll purchase a chunk of time and say, can you just donate it to a family who needs it? Sometimes we have people who will donate money and say, you know, I know so-and-so needs this birth. That always absolutely helps. That way we can support our doulas. That's really cool because- I wondered how much time commitment there is. And thanks for educating me and even my listeners, because I'm sure that the time commitment, like you said, isn't really understood or realized till you actually are doing it. And my question was basically around the lines of, is there any other way in which somebody could help? And I think he answered that very well. Amy, we're at the, towards the end of our time, and I wanted to give you a few minutes here to showcase Dolphin County doulas. I know you do a lot more than just doulas, as I saw from your website. And I know we had that as a big focus, but maybe you want to talk about that a little bit. How can we get in touch with you? Anything else you want to share? I give you the last few minutes. Yeah, thank you. 
We have a plethora of services, not just doula support, which includes both birth and postpartum. We do as well sibling doula support. We do lactation support. We do education classes, so childbirth education. Right now, I do a Know Your Newborn and Baby Care Basics classes. Those are taught right now out of Own Baby in Camp Hill. We do car seat education and installation. We have an awesome car seat safety tech who does all of that great stuff. We do TENS unit rentals that you can use for labor. And we are just starting to do gift registry consultations, which I'm super excited about. We also do before baby prep services to actually get the household, including the baby's room, all ready for baby to come home, which is super exciting. You can find out more at www.doffingcountydoulas.com and all of our information is on there. Awesome. And I'll put all that in the episode notes for those that want to go check her out and the business of Dolphin County Doulas. Amy, I want to say this as we close up. I know that for many people, it can be very time consuming and very stressful, especially when you're changing or pivoting your life. And having the birth of a child can be a very big responsibility that some people aren't exactly thinking that they're ready for, even if they have had kids maybe once or twice before, maybe it's their third, maybe they're having twins. I know somebody that I interviewed has four kids and the managing all those expectations along with the primary responsibilities of the household can be very demanding and all that. I find that your services, the field of doulas, something that I really didn't understand as much myself, has really been an important aspect of getting to know. And I think that you're doing some incredible work in the Dolphin County area, even beyond. And I think that your partnerships with those groups that are supporting you is vital to ensure that we have a healthy and bright future because I don't know about you, but I think the future is not these artificial intelligence spots that we keep on hearing about. I think it's still going to be humans. And I think that we need to take care of our little humans that are being raised and providing that support is desperately needed. So Amy, I want to say, Thank you for speaking from the heart with us today. I really enjoyed our conversation and really getting to know a lot more about yourself and the business. And I wish you much success. It sounds like you are doing incredible work. And I hope that if people are interested, they will come to you to be able to provide that support because you do provide an important service. So thank you again. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be able to just connect because that's exactly what we do on a daily basis is connect. I want to thank Amy again for being on the show and talking a lot about the process as it relates to doulas. And if you are indeed a family that is in need and needs some assistance with afterwards or even beforehand so that you're ready for the process of birthing, please reach out to them. They are a fantastic group of people. And Amy certainly gave me a lot to think about when it came to how we can support one another. Oh, yeah. Supporting. That's a big deal. It is. It really is. Because sometimes we lose that compassion for each other and for ourselves. But I think that really having everybody involved with the process is what's truly important when it comes to not only our self-development, but even the personal and professional things that are truly necessary to become 
enabled, which one of our guests long time ago talked about the concept of being differently enabled. And we all process things in different ways. We all have different types of disabilities or differently enabled skills, along with the different types of things that we often do to help each other be able to get through a certain situation, a certain unique experience, or anything else that takes us on a path in which we have to learn a lot more about ourselves. And I think that Amy and her team really do that. And given that Amy's unique experiences allow her to create that facilitation process, she also recognizes that sometimes things don't always go to plan. And I think that's why she even mentioned to me, even before we started the episode, that we are in a lot of need in this world. And she specifically was telling me about how busy that they are and that the need is only increasing, which makes me think that this world has changed when it comes to just getting that level of support, especially after what is involved with that process. We often look to the past to help us understand the history of how things are shaped and formed. And those sort of experiences help to translate into what oftentimes becomes the model or the things that we continue to do to create value for other people's lives. Well, at least we think that's the case. You see, sometimes that model that we rely on often needs to be reviewed. It needs to be updated. A communication amongst the people that are involved in that process needs to be done. And I've worked with business clients even before talking about some of the ideas and strategies that they can employ to become able to overcome a financial situation, an operational plan issue, or anything of that nature amongst the many years of Commonwealth experience that I have doing that in the public sector. But we're not dealing with big-level plans here. We're dealing with big, serious plans when it comes to life-changing moments. And I think Amy respects that, given the fact that with the background that she has as a nurse and also being certified as a birth doula, she works with a wide variety of those clients, of which she shared plenty of those examples during this episode, in which we get to understand more of the intricacies, the successes, even the time commitment that's involved. A matter of fact, the $5 an hour that really most doulas get. I think the need for resources for this sort of group is more important than ever before. We need people that are able to come around us and support us in whatever fashion that we can do. And becoming a doula is a very time-consuming process, which in itself requires many certifications, including having child clearances, because certainly safety has to also be an important factor in the conversation itself. But this is where the intersection of what we can do as a community, along with what we can do as a whole, is important in itself. What I mean by that is that the American Red Cross has been the standard for those sort of disaster recovery efforts across the United States for several decades. As a matter of fact, they're one of the more leading charities when it comes to when natural disaster or other sort of situations displace people and shelter, food, and water are needed more than anything else. 
they are a crisis interventionist organization in which is well-respected in many different fields. But is the American Red Cross always able to provide those sort of level of services? No. Why? Because they need volunteers and they need people to help support them. They need to be trained just as well so that they're able to respond to those sort of crises. And so Amy, in some way, is also doing something similar in which she needs that help with those people that also provide that level of support for those families going through that birthing process. I don't know about you, but even as somebody that is a male, single, and has no future plans, at least right now, to have a relationship with someone, at least until somebody else tells me differently, I think that is really difficult to really factor in what is really necessary for somebody to become truly successful. And as a male talking about this subject on this podcast, I know that that can be a very difficult, tedious line that I walk. But walk with me for a second on another path that's somewhat related. I feel that sometimes even being a coach and consultant for other people, you are coaching them through a process. That process is insights. Maybe you have a unique connection. Maybe you're able to identify with someone that allows you to create that value, that opportunity of a lifetime, to be able to make networking a reality for somebody that is often afraid. Working on someone's resume, which I often do, means having unique conversations with people that have to understand what are some of the background characteristics that make up your work experience. Those are the things that I often have to dig through in order to better understand the client that I'm working for in order to produce a result that will work for them. That is not easy to do. If you think walking in and supporting someone is as easy as holding someone's hand, you're not seeing what's underneath the surface. There's so much more to this conversation than just seeing and seeking what the truth is when it comes to understanding what people go through, especially even postpartum-wise, which I know a few people, a few females in my life that have gone through that experience and how traumatic and how upsetting it can be to not have the level of support from others. But the truth of the matter is, sometimes even that struggle, even that pain that we go through, means that we can define ourselves on the other side only if we're willing to accept the reality that there will always be change. Even the best laid out plan doesn't always go to plan. But you heard it from Amy herself. Even just telling people that sometimes it might not go to plan and being able to be prepared for it can be just as rewarding as well. And I think that's what really makes it unique is that sometimes even if we're trying to share what is on our heart, even what's on our mind, it's about just having that conversation to start out. And I know I've had butchered many of those conversations, even for myself at my young age of 36, which I know can be a very tedious, time-consuming process then afterwards to clean up. What I learned in this process, especially, is that you can make mistakes, and even those mistakes can learn from you. It's a two-way street. When you make a mistake, as long as you're able to understand where that mistake came from, you can make amends. 
Now, you might be saying, Josh, that's not true. When you say something really bad and you really make that person mad, they'll block you on Facebook, they'll block your phone number, and they will never talk to you again. And yes, I have done that. And there are people that are paying the price for what I have considered to be not good influencers. But it's all about surrounding yourself with the right people and then knowing that sometimes you have made a mistake. That makes us big human beings that have big, shiny hearts that have the opportunity to share our unique experiences with others. And that is what is truly important, even with Amy's case, with being a doula along with her team. I think that all of us need to realize and recognize that we can feel terrible, even in the darkest of needs, but we can get to the other side knowing that we can feel a lot more comfortable about everything that we can possibly do in order to become not only more prepared, but to be able to pivot when it's necessary. And that is the most important part of being a human, learning from your mistakes and pivoting when it's necessary. Thanks for listening to episode number 42 of Speaking from the Heart, and I look forward to hearing from your heart very soon. Thanks for listening. For more information about our podcast and future shows, search for Speaking from the Heart to subscribe and be notified wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit us at www.yourspeakingvoice.biz for more information about potential services that can help you create the best version of yourself. See you next time.